Woke up this morning with the sundown shining in him. Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the f***ing money, head? Oh, it's, uh, oh, oh, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then... 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Trip. Hello, welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Allen. She's Eliani on the board. SP Futures up 49.75. NASDAQ Futures up 229. So right now we're two days of huge rallies sort of in a row. Well, yesterday we know it was a huge rally. We'll see if today follows up. I got just about everything in the Dow up pre-market. Uh, um, some stocks were up, you know, huge yesterday. And, uh, you know, very interesting because the uh, Fed is meeting today and I think the, whatever the Fed's going to do must have leaked yesterday, but that's just my conspiratorial outlook on life that I seem to be getting the more I watch what's going on here. Do we have Mr. Kevin? Good morning. How are you? I am doing okay. So uh, I told you not to buy all that Russian debt. Looks like they're going to default on your ass today. <laughs> you know, I, I, I envision every time Biden <laughs> blames Putin for something like, uh, uh, it's like Jerry Seinfeld going, no man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the, uh, yeah, they, they even, I remember 1998, that was the long-term capital fiasco, and, uh, I remember all the crazy things that the Fed did back then to, uh, make sure the people who didn't get the money were whole. At the, at the, basically at the, uh, you know, the damage of other people. And, uh, that's probably the single, <laughs> the event that these guys reminded me this morning, that's probably the single, Greatest event that made me as cynical as I can be, Kevin. Just because uh, they bail those people out with a with a uh, uh, decrease in the interest rate in the middle of an expiration Friday. Back when expiration Fridays used to be uh, the uh, a real big deal, and they did that just to make sure that they made some people whole and or at least back you know so they didn't default on stuff. At the you know at the uh, so other people lost money and. Uh, Really no, I'm from. pretty sure that isn't what made you cynical, though. I think you were born cynical. Uh, that could be, but I mean, that, uh, you were born cynical. You were you were like you know in the second grade in math class, rolling your eyes and and wondering why the teacher was uh, presenting it that way. But did you ever did you ever uh, read one of those days when you you always suspect stuff? You suspect stuff because people on the trading floor always suspected people were out to get them only because they were. I mean. Right, <laughs> but if you're a, if, if you have a, a, in, information other people have, because you're paranoid doesn't mean they really well, aren't right. out to get you. Well, what's, what's the first thing? I mean, this is the, uh, you know, for somebody who, uh, you know, I, I think our listeners at, at this point are certainly sophisticated to know that you don't trade with a black hole. You don't trade with the market. You trade every every trade has a buyer and a seller, whether it's institution, individual, whatever it is. So if you all of a sudden hear that, oh my God, the Fed's not going to raise rates today, or they're going to raise them a full point or some significant information, first thing you do is race to the market, if you're a sleazy person, you run race to the market and you try and profit from that information. Well, when you make a trade, if I, if I go buy, you know, IBM calls or puts or whatever it is, I'm buying SPYs or bonds or whatever it is, I'm buying it from a person. So, so to think that you're not you're not harming another person is is stone cold ignorant. So, because there's somebody on the other side of that trade is not as privy as you are to what's going on in the world. 
So the idea that these are like victimless crimes are, uh, you know, and I, and, and, you know, there's a fine line, Kevin, between you doing your research and if, if there's an article regarding, um, you know, whatever it is, uh, some, a, a power outage and God knows where, where they make semiconductors and, and it's going to be out for four months and it's a huge factory and you, you know, you spend the time reading that while I'm sitting in a saloon somewhere, not that saying I do that. Uh, you know what? Not the shoe sitting in a saloon, is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, I'm saying, I mean, I'm saying, you know, you go for it. I mean, that's, that's public information. I should have been reading that too. I mean, I don't, I, that, that, that's the market. That's the world. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But, it, but if somebody calls you up from the, from the factory and says, guess what? I'm going to purposely, uh, blow out my substation so this place, this plant's offline for three months so the, the prices run way up, and oh, by the way, I can I can cover the the stuff, the uh, the remaining stuff from my two other factories because now the price is going to be higher. If you get that phone call, it's a different story. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it, and, it, there's, and there's a very fine line there uh, that we don't seem to be able to. The fine line we have is if you're the right people, you get to do it. If you're the wrong people, you don't. I mean, that's that's the line that I. But anyway, what I was saying about that long term. How do care, I become one of these right people? I don't know. Once in a while, thing is, I, I wouldn't. I, do I, it. I know going to the right school does it, but. Um, yeah, uh, you well, know, we, we didn't do the boarding school thing. School, so we didn't do the boarding school thing. I mean, I, I wouldn't have liked the board. Maris was bad enough. You know, <laughs> it's kind of an armed camp. But, but uh, last thing I want to do is like stay there. I didn't know what a boarding school was till until I got the OEX pit. I'm like, what do you mean you you stay well, there? The way I remember it, boarding school was a threat. Yeah, uh, you know. What do you mean? You stayed overnight in high school? Your parents didn't like you? What was the matter with you? <laughs> but evidently, though, if you want to go like to Harvard or someplace, you go to a boarding school, right? The right ones. But I mean, that was, that was the first time in my life, Kevin, that I actually, my suspicions were absolutely, uh, confirmed. Yeah, we did that on purpose. Really. By the way, how bad did people get hurt? Well, pretty bad. Well, you know, collateral damage. Could have, a guy could have been Rumsfeld's kid or Rumsfeld's dad or something, you know? Oh, well, we didn't, we didn't try and hit that guy. We hit him. Oh, what's, what's the difference? Uh, sort of like the Russians are doing in Ukraine now. Well, you know, we didn't, we didn't mean to hit that hospital, but oh well. I didn't put it there. They did, type of thing. Uh, I was talking to uh, one of my good buddies last night, and can you see any, any negotiated way out of this Ukraine thing right now that would make either one, make these sides, I won't say happy, but at least to accept it? I, I'm, I'm beyond myself. I cannot find one right now. I, I could see from the, uh, the the Ukraine point of view that there are ways that they could negotiate out of it, that they could come up with something that they could live with, uh, because they they need the hostilities to end. Uh, they 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 just can't stand you know toe to toe with them and keep throwing haymakers at each other because uh, uh, you know because it, it, you're you're talking heavyweight against uh, a welterweight. Um, and you know that that's just it. Now they, you know, can they can they still, um, you know, be pesky uh, along the lines of uh, you know what we have seen in all kinds of other conflicts where uh, um, you know you, you go to that infinite game thinking where your job is to just stay in the in the game rather and and uh, keep being you know in a stealth way and to keep you know staging an ins- uh, insurrection and underground stuff and uh, yeah you can you, they can do that but. But who wants to? Um, from the Russian side, I don't know how they save face on this. You know, with anything negotiated, Putin's going to want to want to find a way to save face to be able to say 
say, uh, you know, to, to look at, at, uh, at the power brokers in Russia and say, we won. Um, and he, I, I think at this point, because he, uh, because he went in, the only way to say he's won is that he has control of the situation, and he won't have control of the situation with any negotiated settlement. Well, I don't, uh, I, I just, even if from the Ukraine side, if the deal was, uh, you know, the, the two provinces remain ours, the, uh, you know, something along these lines. Well, it'll be, it'll be theoretically that it'll be that the two remain independent, uh, yeah. uh, independent states or republics or whatever they decided to call them. Um, and, uh, but, you know, they would clearly be in the Russian sphere of influence, so. Uh, it, it would effectively be what you said, but uh, but in in terms of the technical setup, it, it, they, they they will be independent of Russia. All right, so they would keep um, Crimea forever, and the uh, Ukrainians would promise to not join NATO for twenty years or some crap and remain neutral or something. I just yeah, and I didn't Zelensky say uh, recently he still has no intention of joining NATO. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I, mean, I think that was this week or yesterday or something like that. I. I but I don't see at this point, given the damage done, how there's no reparations, how there's no aid. I mean, Ukraine's without Europe's help, without Russian help, have no more ability to to fix all this damage than I do. I mean, uh, I think you're too far down the road for no harm, no foul. I, I, don't sell yourself short, Tom. You do have the ability to do that. You're always doing projects. What did, what's his name, Chevy Chase? Say? Judge, you're a terrific short. Slouch, yeah, yeah. you're a terrific. I'm no, I'm no slouch. Oh, don't sell yourself short. You're a terrific slouch. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it, I don't. It, it seems like it's gone a little too far for no, no harm, no foul. Certainly. Uh, yeah. I mean, in terms of in terms of uh, emotions, I mean, how you, how do you forget it? Oh, okay, we just we'll just, we'll just pull back. See ya. I mean, I, I don't know how you do that. I mean, the uh, even even though it was uh, orchestrated. You know, here in the American Civil War, for God's sake, and, and Grant probably did the most incredible job at, at, at uh, uh, turning down the hostilities as fast as he could, uh, and, and made a, the peace about as amenable as there ever has been one, which of course now he's all pissed off about. Uh, we also had the ability of, uh, you know, people turning around and essentially walking back to Illinois and walking back to Alabama and never seeing each other again. So, in a lot of ways, it, it worked because of geography and the times, right? I don't see how this one ever, how the Ukrainians ever stopped being pissed off at the Russians, do you? And they're right there. Uh, no, no, because the Poles haven't stopped being pissed off at them yet, and, yeah. you know, how long has that been? Yeah, and here we're still fighting it. It's, it you know, which is interesting, because uh, you turn around and look at Vietnam and the U.S., and uh, and we're best buddies now. Um. Yeah, well... Well, we supposedly were fighting on the side of one of them, so that was a little different. Well, but but not not the one that uh, uh, that took power. What what uh, what the Vietnamese have realized is that if you if you can do uh, trade with the U.S., you can prosper. You know, from a financial standpoint, that uh, it, it's it's a good relationship for them because they can uh, manufacture and export to the U.S., and that's been a, a you know a very stable export or a, um, you know source. Uh, for uh, for U.S. companies to uh, source their products, their source products or parts. Well, that's Ray. Uh, I want to shift gears on you a little bit. Not, I'm probably going to with Russell. I'll probably go over the 
maybe the economics of it and what what it means. Uh, but uh, but I, I want to talk to you a little bit about this PPI number, this producer price index number yesterday that came out at 0.8 percent, and the expectation was 0.9. So immediately, everybody said, you know, inflation is not as bad. It's 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 toning down. It's all this other kind of crap. Yeah, not so, how I've heard it reported though. <laughs> you know, well, but I mean, but also then it's. You know, it's it's the the longest year over year, or the biggest year over year, like in history. It was eight point nine percent or something. But the uh, but basically the the tone on it was, uh, you know, we're, we're reaching the top here. This is the peak, and and we're going down from there. That's what m- most of the stuff that I heard. You know, as soon as the supply chain gets straightened out, and as soon as uh, uh, a couple yeah, of these things. These are the same. Are, remember, the people saying that are the same ones that told us that inflation was going to be transitory in the first place. Right, and I don't know, and why why the, the news media continues. Well, they, they would want me in any of these shows. I would say uh, the, uh, the 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 Fed is going to maybe raise rates a quarter point because they've realized that they're the ones that have caused it. And they maybe should stop causing it as much, but but point three quarters or point half point five percent is still in the causing it range, right? I mean, you got to get out of the you probably got to get over to three range before you stop causing it. In, in one man's opinion, but my point is, I've never seen a bifurcation. How's that for a term? Sorry, no one. A bifurcation in the numbers. Like this, there probably has have been some, Kevin, but I don't, I don't. Uh, the 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 full number was was point eight, right? Uh, the uh, but the producers, the, I'm sorry, the good side of it uh, was was two point four percent in one month. That that's that, so the final Multiply demand. Why that times twelve? Yeah, the, the 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 final demand for goods, the final demand for services was unchanged. And so the final demand for services is actually a uh, 64% of the basket. Right, so, uh, I, I guess, well, I guess you could finish, go down on the transportation of passengers, uh, those kind of, every kind of, you know, whatever, whatever it is. I'm sure barbers and everything else were, uh, well, it might be in the computer. I'm not exactly sure. Well, I don't want to go through this thing from top to bottom, but, uh, final demand construction, uh, those kinds of things. That whole side was 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 uh, unchanged. So what you're saying is basically that the that the I was at my dentist yesterday. I was telling him this. I go, I said it basically says that the, the the dentist price has not gone up, but the price of everything in the dentist office that he has to buy is up two point four percent. And he goes, that's about right. Which means it's only a matter of time. Yeah, which means it's. Well, it's also it's you know thirty percent of the of the now most most of that number was in was in energy uh, final demand uh, final final demand less energy was like point seven but they've got the en- energy for export numbers twelve point seven we've got government purchase energy was up nine point seven that kind of thing uh, you know finished consumer energy great goods were up seven point so a lot of it is is stuck in the energy area here. Which people think is, you know, more, uh, more volatile, uh, only because people make it more volatile. But, um, people like you around that filled up your tank. But these, but, this, I mean, but there's a big story in these numbers, and shall we say we, we blew over the story yesterday pretty quickly. Now, the, the part, the part that, you know, a lot of it was, was uh, energy, I mean, it, that's not exactly a flash, right? I mean, we, we all know that for the month or so, but I don't know that the, uh, basically keep saying, no matter where you look at it, Kevin, is that, Wages are not keeping up with the inflation, and uh, and not to mention your savings sure aren't. 
when I was uh, one of the, one of the school districts here is having a big fight. Uh, it's not the Plains; it's one of the northwest sides ones up where you used to live. Uh, it wasn't Northport, but one, one of the, one of the areas up there. And uh, the 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 teachers are holding out for, I think, a ten percent raise over three years or something, and the school board's offering three. Got to feel like tapping them both on the noggin and say, "Hey, guys, <laughs> it better be better be ten percent a year if you want to stay even." But I don't think anyone wants to hear that, do they? Uh, I, mean, I don't think so. So I mean, this I mean, every day we're doing this. I, what, what is everybody going to realize that this is uh, that there's cold water hitting them in the face every day? I mean, I, I, I don't know. Was well, it, yeah, because we look at it, and we and we look at say the energy component of it, and say, well, it's just that part. Yeah, give it some time because that's content in all kinds of products, as well as shipping costs for products. And anybody who can pass that cost on to you will pass that cost on to you. Well, I, I'm, I'm also going through the calculation. I don't have it in front of me, but I. Because I, uh, I always put on a crummy piece of paper and then lose it. But I think if you went through, I, I went through the calculation, Kevin. I, I drive. Everybody knows I drive. Well, I mean, who cares? I drive the big suburban, right? And I don't drive it very far, but still, it's obviously gets less gas mileage than virtually any other vehicle on earth. Uh, actually, it doesn't. It's not as bad yeah, as. I'd like I, 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 I had a um, someone who used to work for me back in my Milwaukee days, um, and uh, she had a pickup truck with a sign in the uh, back that you should get one of these. It says. Hauling ass and sucking gas. Yeah, well, of course, my my buddies uh, were having an adult beverage in the Series Cafe last week, and one of the guys, <laughs> Kendall, he's a right, he goes, you know, first he starts telling us how he's going to buy one of these electric vehicles. And uh, then he says, you know, next year, if I can get tickets, how about we all get get our, uh, you know, our bucket list thing and we go up to watch a game in Green Bay? And I said, well, I'd love to do that, but I, I really don't have any interest the Bears always seem to play up there at night. How the Bears manage to get on national TV, I have no idea. But uh, I said, I really don't want to go to a night game and have to basically haul ass back from Green Bay at night, or midnight or something. I said, if we ever get one, I'd just go see any other team. I'd like to see a regular 12 o'clock game where we can get the, you know stay the night before, get get there nice and early, tailgate like all the guys up there are doing. I'd do, I'd do that, and I'd love to do that. I'd love to see Lambeau. In a, yeah, go see them play um, the Lions or somebody like that. Uh, let's we could upgrade that maybe a little some, bit. Maybe a real football. Maybe team, maybe maybe Minnesota or somebody like that. Somebody decent. Uh, so I go, but by the way, regarding your electric car and the crap you guys are giving me for having a suburban, there's no doubt in anybody's mind who's driving. <laughs> I, I'm dri- the beauty of having a small car and saving gas is you never you never asked to drive anywhere. Nobody wants to be in the darn thing. I said, by the way, if we're taking the, the cooker and we're you taking the cooler. my evil plan. Yeah. If we're going to take the coolers and we're taking the cooker and everything, who's got the vehicle? Well, yeah, we, we always figured we'd ride with you. <laughs> okay. I, I guess that's a solution to the energy problem, but <laughs> maybe not. Uh, anyway, I, but I, I, I went through the calculation, Kevin, and the way, the way prices have gone up. I mean, I, I did the one for, for people who, well, I have to re- revisit this one. I don't think you don't hear this too much anymore. If somebody's sitting on the sofa because they're getting too much unemployment uh, checks and they don't want to go back to work, that if, if somebody gave them the five grand for a car, of course, now that's a pipe dream. But I think it runs. You'd be paying ten grand now. Uh, if you give them five grand for the car, well, the tax is you know whatever seven percent or something. If you take the tax, the title fee, uh, the plates, all the stuff that goes in it, city sticker, the 
the, the thing you park in front of your house, if you're making 10 bucks an hour, which most people are making, I guess most of that's gone up now, but in those that I had it at 66 hours, your first 66 hours essentially went to the state if, if somebody gave you the money to buy the car. And, uh, you know, I don't know where... Right. And, and, and so figure 66 hours, figure the, if your income has gone up, it's only a matter of time before all those other fees go up, too. So Yeah. It's, it, so, so say your income's gone up, make it, make it 50, just for a fun number. But, I mean, if you look at, at gasoline, all right, and, and as much as everybody hates the, the sort of money in a tank, it's the only thing you... Well, I guess food's the same way. Or your electric bill, or your gas bill, but it's the only thing you really do where you're staring the price right in the face while you're doing it. You know, so it it's much much more. Uh, in fact, you're staring it in the face, even if you're not doing it. Yeah. Everywhere you drive, yeah. it is you know every corner. If it's it could have four gas stations, and each one has a sign up in the air showing their price. Yeah, and everyone's so telling you staring you in the face everywhere you go. I think the guy by me who loves being the most expensive around. I think he's five thirty or something or some number like that. Of course, you get the. You get the four ninety nine. It's if you get the car wash, but if not, it's you know whatever. It's way above that. But still, if you go through the math, I mean, for for instance, if I were to say, God, this suburban gets thirteen miles per gallon, I'm going to go get something that gets twenty. Well, okay. Now, if I drive, uh, say, I use fifty gallons a month. You know, if I drive a thousand miles a month or whatever, well, I, I would. If I drove a thousand, I'd use more than fifty gallons. But say I'm using fifty gallons, All right? So the price of gas goes up. Two bucks a gallon, or a buck and a half, say. Or right, so what? So what is that? It's nine hundred dollars a year. It just went up. Now, if I go out and I buy a nice new truck that gets better gas mileage than mine, now the difference that's going to cost me what now? With, the, with, the, with this shortage, that shortage, and all the other BS they're telling you to raise the price of trucks. Try and find a nice truck with a, with a back seat or something for less than sixty grand. Try. Do the best you can. You you can pay a hundred easy if you want to. Um, so okay, so now it's sixty grand. So I'm going to pay at the uh, for what I pay forty two hundred bucks, five thousand dollars in tax on that thing. So let's see, for five thousand dollars in tax, and I'm talking about uh, maybe nine hundred dollars a year extra in tax. So what is that? Six years of of, uh, of gasoline increases just by the tax on the new one. Tell me how that's a good deal. Even though it's not, yeah, but even though no, we, we totally no, you you had you know, Pete Buttigieg up last week telling you that if you get an electric car, it's free. Yeah, well, that's, uh, that's to operate. That's that's uh, really special, which of course it isn't. And aside from that, uh, with the uh, growth in electric car sales and the uh, and and the loss of uh, uh, tax revenue from not from not buying it directly at the pump, um, you can you can virtually guarantee. That there will be some kind of a mileage tax coming uh, down the pike. Well, and that's going to hit both people, not just the, not just the people who put their tag gas in the tank. It's going to hit both. Yeah, it's going to hit everybody, and and that's going that, to that's going to uh, um, force more people to electric cars uh, who drive a lot because and, and 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 this is one of the funny parts of it. If you drive a lot, because you you know it will be economical not to pay twice. Um, and and that's kind of cool, except that when you figure out that the damn things don't go very far, and if you drive a lot, you need it to go very far. Well, that's true. I mean, I mean, the people that could, the people that can do these, I won't say avant-garde. I'll say progressive things. 
Nobody gets any credit for this stuff. Yeah, but the, the the one place here in Chicago, and I always wanted to get the guy on. Uh, I think I think the guy who actually ran the place died, so I don't I don't know who was, who was after him. But you remember all Zingas uh, Concrete in Chicago? They uh, they're all over the place. They were they started on the south side and uh, got we had our, our apron put in in 1958. I was a little kid. I remember. Or the big red red striped truck. It was Ozinga. Um, those guys went out and they paid they paid a fortune to have one or two of their in city, you know, big concrete plants, mixing plants, uh, have a big honking uh, natural gas feed, and they went to natural gas. And I'm going to say one or two or three. I don't know if they're still doing it. They claim they saved money and they saved pollution. Because they use natural gas to, to drive their concrete trucks. Now they only go, you know, how far does a concrete truck go? You really can't go very far before you burn it, right? If you keep turning it, um, doesn't it have to be in the ground within like half hour before, after you mix it, or some hour maybe? There, there is a time frame. I don't know what it is. But uh, so they're not going very far. But they're turning that thing, and they, you know, obviously <laughs> you're, you're hauling concrete, <clears throat> so there's some energy used. And I think they did an unbelievable job. I. I mean, I don't know how much how much better that would be if it was electric. I'd say maybe not better at all, you know. But but I don't know the <clears throat> the thermal stuff like Carl does. But uh, I, mean, I mean, why don't all government vans in, in Washington D.C. be natural gas? I, mean, I, I don't know. Um, thought I've, I've thought that for years that the, uh, the uh, a good policy ten years ago, twenty years ago, even would have been to uh, uh, convert the federal fleet systematically. To uh, natural gas uh, vehicles, and that would have accomplished two things. One is uh, it would have been uh, uh, good for the environment and, uh, and, and and financially responsible. But part two is that um, it would that that that's a significant enough critical mass that it would have caused the infrastructure to pop up around it. Um, that there would have been, a, you know, when you think of all the postal vehicles and all yeah. of the, uh, you know, just the, uh, all of the government vehicles that, uh, that well, are out na- on the road. We got a national break here with the natural. We would have seen the infrastructure uh, built up so that the rest of us could have could have come along for the ride. Well, they did build a, a natural gas filling station on Elston, right by Division. It's now gone. It's gone. He's gone. SB Futures up 51. Yeah, well, they never caught up, caught on. They never, uh, na- uh, natural gas, natural gas. Uh, NASDAQ Futures up 243. Natural gas, NASDAQ, what's the difference? Be right back, Stocks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. 
I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation of the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I didn't invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding health care reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630 401 8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Stocks, jocks, Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tamal. Eliani on the board. Uh, systems error triggers fresh chaos as London Metals Exchange suspends nickel trading once again. There you go. Um, well then. Yeah, well then. Uh, SP Futures up, well, nickel is, is a big deal, uh, cause it's in all these batteries and stuff. Uh, SP Futures up 53, NASDAQ Futures up 248. I wanted it up a big rally the last two days. It's probably just a little too much of a rally, but we'll see. Maybe we'll wiggle our way out of it. Dow Futures up 344. Uh, we're in Asia, we've got the Nikkei up 415, 1.6%. These guys, they weren't down so much, but Shanghai and, and Hang Seng have been getting hammered, so they're bouncing back pretty heavy today. Shanghai up 106, that's 3.5%. Hang Seng up 1600, 9.9%, 9.08%. Best day, day since October 2008. Still leaves them down, gotta be 20% on the year. I mean, they've been getting destroyed. Uh, over in Europe, DAX up 434, 2%. Make that 3%. FTSE up 93, 1.3%. CAC around up 233, 3.7. So something is in the wind here today uh, that the real people seem to know that we're kind of speculating about as usual. Yesterday Dow was up 599. S&P up 89, that's 2%. NASDAQ up 367, that's 3%. So if you had today's antics on to this, we're probably up like 4% in two days, which is a lot. Uh, bonds, 2.17, unchanged, but they kept running up yesterday during the day. Uh, the bun, positive 0.39, again, as high as we've seen it in a real long time. Japan unchanged at 0.21. Oil, down again, but only 69 cents. Uh, 95.75, Brent down 75 cents. 
99.16. Natural gas up 11, 468. Our Bob changed to 299. Um, gold is uh, down 660 to 19.23. Silver down 18 cents, 24.97. Copper up 8 cents, 459. And we've got Bitcoin up 919, back over 40,000, 40,620. Eliani, what do you have for us? Traffic, weather, sports. Thanks, Chief. Good morning, everyone. Currently 6.36 a.m. on March 16th. Let's start with sports. In the NBA last night, Suns beat Pelicans 131-115. Suns will be playing the Rockets tonight at 7 o'clock and look forward to the Bulls playing Utah Jazz tonight at 8 o'clock. In hockey, uh, Coyotes beat Canadians 6-3 and Blackhawks lose to Bruins last night 1-2. Uh, looking at weather this morning, it is still pitch black outside in Chicago, but it is 45 degrees, which is nice. We'll be having a high of 65, partly cloudy later with a low of 44. And Phoenix currently partly cloudy 61 with a high of 85 and a low of 58. Looking at traffic this morning, we have traffic eastbound on the Eisenhower between Highway 45 and Central. Uh, traffic eastbound on the Kennedy Expressway between the 294 South Tri-State Ramp and Lawrence. Traffic eastbound on the Eatons between Armitage and Canal Port. Intermittent traffic westbound on the Eatons between 130th and West Marquette and between 47th and West Ontario. We have traffic northbound on the Stevenson between the 294 South Tri-State Ramp and South Damon. Traffic northbound uh, on Lakeshore Drive between East 18th and East Grand. Uh, we have an accident southbound on Lakeshore at 57th Street with uh, causing a road closure between 57th and Science Drive. And uh, there is a road, uh, sorry, a bridge maintenance operation notice here um, from from the city of Chicago uh, that there will be bridge maintenance operations between Van Buren and Wacker, and that will be going from 9:30 a.m. until 2:30 p.m. So if you're driving around downtown, please be mindful of that. You're going to end up having to use a couple of detours to get around today. And that is what I have for you, Chief. Well, that's because the the boats are going to be heading down to the lake pretty soon. They want to make sure the bridges all work. Ah. Just say, hey, I have a question for you two mavens. Um, hmm. And I, I do not know the definition of this. I, I, I'm a shudder to think what the definition of this is. I'm, I'm back on this PPI page, which every time you read some of this stuff, it, you, the questions just pop out at you. Transportation of passengers for final demand. Hmm. Now, to most people, this would be airfares and maybe train fares, I guess. The hound, too, I guess. I don't know. And buses? Uh, yeah. Could be Uber fares. Could be Trans- yeah, Uber. Yeah, that's right. Transportation of private passengers. Okay, now that's up uh, 3% in the month. Make that 3.5% in the month. Mm-hmm. Transportation of government passengers. I'm not so sure why that would be a separate category. But up 25%. I, uh, <laughs> no, same number. 3%, 3 and whatever it is. Up 100%. But now, but now explain, <laughs> yeah, explain to me, Lucy, who these people are. Transportation of passengers for export. Human trafficking? Uh, uh, people we don't like. Do we send back. <laughs> we send back to Brazil. Yeah, Wait, not people Brazil. We've decided to export. Yeah, people do. People the hell? <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that that covers <laughs> covers Kamala Harris's yeah. uh, trips to Europe. <laughs> and what, 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 why does it say transportation? The question is, are they letting her come back? Yeah, transportation well, of passengers <laughs> with, with one way ticket. Is that, is, that, is that what that means? I have no idea what that means for export. Who are we? Are we talking about human passengers? Are we talking about it cattle like or it. pigs or whatever? <laughs> I, would you call if you had a, a boatload of uh, pigs going somewhere? Would that be passengers? I guess not. I don't know. Passengers for export. How many people do we export a month? I mean, it has to be animals, right? I passengers. Yeah. 
How many people do we export a month? And why would their fees be any different? I mean, the only thing I can think about exporting are, like, illegal immigrants. Yeah, but it's... it's I don't think they're on a plane, are they? So, I mean, they have to get to well, different countries sometimes, somehow. Sometimes, but we're pretty, <laughs> pretty much when they're on a plane, they're just being relocated in the United States. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think that's it either. No, but it's uh, it's something. I'm going to have to get the definition of that one of these days. Maybe somebody can can call it. Well, Kevin, what do you make of the... Uh, the NCAA, I, last night my, my elves were telling me that uh, some of the experts think there, there, there's upwards of 15 teams that could actually win this year. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot of great teams, but I think there's some pretty pretty darn good ones. Um, so I, I, I forget who I have in the uh, Warren Buffett bracket, so um, uh, I think I picked Arizona to win, but I'm not sure. Um, it tells you how much conviction I have behind those. So for those to, to retell the story, which which happens every year, um, my my cousin Mike works for a um, uh, Buffett company, and it, as as you all know, there is a um, uh, Buffett will pay a, a million dollars a year for life uh, to anybody who picks a perfect bracket. <clears throat> Mike, not being a follower of college basketball, always asks me to pick his uh, uh, his bracket for him every year. And then we'll split the booty if we win. Uh, the the funny thing is that it usually doesn't take but the uh, the first first couple of games of the uh, first uh, first day for us to be out. Uh, so, well, how many games uh, are there? You know, as, as, as I told him when he said, "Are we going to do this again this year?" I said, hey, "I'll find the dartboard. It's got. I put it away somewhere." Well, so how many, how many games? Uh, trying to do the math. There's uh, thirty. 34 first round games, right? Then, then well, you, uh, you, we don't have to pick the uh, first four games, so it starts on Thursday. So there's um, there's 32 games then, then 16 more. Right, so you start with, with a field of 64. So you play 32 games and then 16 games. I'm going to say 63 total eight, games. And then four, and then two, and then one. That's 63. Um, so, if you do the math, even if you had a ninety percent chance in every game you picked, which of course nobody does, uh, six, uh, you know, whatever, what's your probability is not very strong. Yeah, even point points point nine to the sixty third power. It's got to be like point zero 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 one or something, right? Yeah. Now um, they they have changed the rules a little bit to uh, to at least open the door to some kind of possibility. Um, but I, I have to go back and reread those to remember what they are, because I just know it's preposterous. It's, you know, and, and I don't follow throughout all of college basketball like I used to. Um, so, and, and I don't know that that helps or hurts my picks, because it, I, I always thought it was horrible how closely I followed it and, and how poorly I picked. So, uh, you know, I, I can't imagine that it's going to be any better or any worse. Well, I mean, uh, you're, you're, if you just, I don't want to go through this too much, but just to give everybody a, I mean, I, I was not all that good at statistics, but, uh, you know, a, a, a one versus 16 is going to be a, what, point, 0.98% chance of winning, right? Oh, or higher, yeah. Uh, cause there's only been one, one that have, one's lost, right? Two years ago or three years ago? Correct. Uh, so then you got a two versus 15. There's been some, there's been some there's people been in there. Three or four of those. So say 0.96. Uh, then you start getting, you know, three versus, uh. Yeah, it's, it's, it's still higher than 9.6. Yeah. It's, it might be 9.96, Tom. I, 
mean, you have to go back to how long ago was the uh, how was it seeded? And did they start doing seedings, which was you know it's been decades. And then uh, and then you know what's say it's it's happened three times. Well, there's you know four games a year if you've been seeding it for forty. Um, for four, let's just say they've been seeding it for thirty years. I, uh, I I think it's been longer than that, but let's just go with thirty. So that's thirty times four equals, and uh, that's a hundred and twenty games. And then three divided by one two o, it means uh, you are looking at. Oh, I suppose you're not too far off on your nine six. It's really. Uh, uh, nine, uh, nine, ninety-seven point five percent. All right, so you've got, let's say, a hundred percent chance of picking one of the sixteen games, right? Or for four of the sixteen games, you got a ninety-eight percent chance of winning of picking another four. Now you drop down to your what, what, what's your percent chance of winning the 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 thirteenth seed versus the three? You're probably at ninety percent. But when you start getting in the middle. You got probably a fifty, a fifty-five, a sixty. You know, you we multiply all those together. Just getting out of the yeah, first I mean, round. Take, is it, take the eight yeah. versus the nine, for example. You know what's you know what what's your probability on that? You're talking 50? a fifty-fifty game. Yeah, and your and your seven versus ten is going to be, you know, fifty-five yeah. or sixty. And, and the the uh, the the funky one is five versus twelve. There's always a, at least one five upset every year. It seems like, and often there's two. That's that's the upset line. Well, uh, just, by reputation, and just by go, deserved reputation. Well, let's 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 be simpletons here because it's early in the morning. You got to pick four games that are that are eight versus nine, right? Just those four games at fifty fifty. You what fifty times 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 point five is what like point two five, point one two point. You you got to you got to want it. You got almost like a a, a less than ten percent chance of just picking those four games. Yep. And yet, we're going to break records for legal betting this year by a long shot for any sporting event because people don't understand their odds and they're going to be betting like crazy. Well, yeah, I mean, hopefully, if, if you're the one who's betting, you know, sidewash state against Slippery Rock and they're the eight versus nine, you, you, you know that there's a toss up game or we're close to it, right? Somebody's going to be favored by two points or something. Well, how do you, but the thing I was talking to my, my buddy Murph last night is, now, I don't, there's a lot of teams that you don't really want to play. I mean, take, take the Irish, for instance. I mean, they, they can be absolutely horse bleep if they, if they go down there and just wing up threes and are like one for 20. But if they actually have a game together and a team matches up pretty well, they're not somebody you really, you're dying to play, you know, that you're going to wipe the floor with. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of teams like that. I, don't, I wouldn't want to play, I mean, I'm, I'm a little afraid of Marquette if I'm playing those guys. I mean, they're, They've, they've got some power. Wouldn't, wouldn't want to play Indiana, but yeah. won last night. But Indiana's very, uh, you know, uh, is capable of some big wins. Um, Michigan's in there, like with a, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know, like a, a 18 and 15 record or something. Um, you look at that and say, well, we should beat them. But they have some really big wins as well as some confounding losses. Um, so yeah, it's it, it's it's a weird year um, in in a lot of ways. Uh, and, and you know, I don't know that it's any, di- you know, that it's that much different from other years. It just, you know, that that's part of the fun of the tournament. We deter- we, you know, we use it to determine the national championship, but it's really the national tournament champions because, in in the single elimination format, as you know from playing all other kinds of tournaments and other sports, 
um, the, the best team doesn't always win, but because you have to win so many in a row. But, you know, if, if you were playing best out of three on every uh, series, then the best teams would probably win all the time, but uh, or nearly all the time, but they don't. And, uh, and as a result, you get some really unpredictable stuff along the way, and that's the fun of the tournament. Well, those especially those first couple of days, you just sit around. And sometimes, I, you know, there are days when you know I'm jumping back and forth from one channel to the next, saying, "Okay, last two minutes of this game, okay, big upset, cool, it's done. Let's go over here. This is a two point game." And you just keep bouncing back and forth between all of these. Well, the uh, every sport has its somewhat, I use the term, random element. I mean, baseball, obviously. Uh, the pitcher, if he's the right guy on the right day, can be 80% of the game, right, for one team. Other sure. days, not so much. Hockey, the goalie. Yeah, hockey, the goalie can be. Uh, but that's, you know, it's pretty hard to, for a goalie to carry you seven games if the rest of the team, if you're constantly putting 10, 10 better I've shots. Seen it. Yeah, I've seen it too. Uh, but, I mean, in, uh, in basketball, I mean, I, you know, I played an awful lot of basketball, not, not a lot in really good leagues, but some, a 40 minute game, with five fouls has all kinds of randomness in it. All you have to do is give a your star player that maybe the other the ref is a little bit aggressive towards. If he's starting to if he's sitting with four minutes into the game, it's a whole different program, right? I mean, you could start that game over five times. Even football, you know, one one or two, you know, re- returns for a touchdown or or something, and all of a sudden one uh, team turnovers. Um, uh, yeah. uh, turnovers are everything yeah. in football. In in uh, in uh, you know a, a, fund, uh, a fumble can be pretty random. Uh, your your favorite guy. Uh, that's why you play the game, Howard Cosell. You can't, you can't just you can't just put it on the board. You got to play it right. Uh, and uh, so, but anyway, the, the gambling. How much of the gambling? I, I, I should have went this morning. There was a their outfit. They're going to give you a million. Was it ten million dollars if you won? But there's a consolation prize. The guy with the best bracket. It's going to get a hundred grand, so you're not, you're not just totally out. Because otherwise, I mean, Warren Buffett's never going to have to pay. I mean, I, I, unless somebody somebody comes back from the future and, and sees the results a month from now and says, "Here they are." I mean, I can't. Yeah, if Biff gets the uh, almanac. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, so what? Uh, the, the the we're switching gears a little bit because I don't want to be talking about all of this with Russell, but I just want to get your opinion. It's a little bit different sometimes. What where what kind of a box? Do you think the Fed is in? And, and I, all of a sudden now, it, it's, it's amazing, Kevin, as, as you know when you teach class, if you shut off all other debate, how you can come up with a clear answer. You know, like it's like, it's like in a, in an economics class where assume perfect competition and here's the question. Okay, well, that's one hell of an assumption because name me three businesses in this country, three industries that actually have perfect competition. And I might go with, you know, corn and soybean production or something like that. Maybe even oil production close. Uh, but that's probably not as much with the OPEC and other people involved. But I mean, name me, maybe, maybe barbershops. I don't know. But they're, they're, they're sure as hell aren't very many, right? And so it's, it, so what you do is you shove everything else out of the, so now the last couple of days is the latest thing on the Fed is we have this recession risk. How can you possibly raise rates? When you think we have a recession coming at, well, I, I I get it, but you have to at least tell people you're starting at zero, right? It's it's like how can you possibly tell somebody to put on some clothes when it's ninety degrees? 
um, you might want to mention that the dude's naked. <laughs> it's it's not like it's not like he's got a full suit of sweats on, and you're telling him to put more clothes on when it's ninety degrees. The dude's standing there with his bare butt hanging at you. Here, put on a pair of pants, will you? I mean, it's, it's you have to you need to define the environment a little bit, and we're really good in the news media of not doing that, Kevin. I'm just saying. Yeah, and you know, I don't, I don't know what to add to that other than to you know, other than to say that uh, um, you know, I, I'm I'm not counting on the deft touch of anybody who's involved in this to uh, uh, to really you know do the perfect job. No, it would be impossible to do it if you were great at it. And I I think we we actually have people making the decisions who are not great at it. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, like the thing yesterday with the PPI number, it wasn't just. Point eight versus point nine, we're, we're we're over this now. Start buying stocks again. I mean, the the delineation of the services versus the goods, and, you know, and, and and obviously the idea that even the oil thing, though, the idea that oil is going to go to three hundred dollars a barrel, the futures price of the I should have looked, but I'm going to say tongue in cheek, the futures price out a year never got above eighty five dollars a barrel. So. The investment world is telling you that uh, this 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 too shall pass, unless you know doesn't mean there's not going to be another war or or somebody doesn't figure out a way to to blow up the strategic reserve tanks or something, which I sure as hope they can't figure out. But I mean, but right at, right now, as of today, the the market's telling you that uh, this too will pass on the oil. That enough people can ramp up production in the next year to where it'll it'll if the problem remains the same. In terms of supply dis- disruption, that they'll be able to make up for it at least to the eighty-five hour barrel number. That's kind of what you're telling. Now, doesn't mean it's right, Kevin, but that, but that is that's the the current market perception of the situation. It's not. It doesn't mean that uh, you know you, that if fifteen tankers go down somewhere tomorrow, that the short term stuff couldn't spike even more. But it's it's telling you at this level, we're short a million and a half barrels a day over the next six eight months. We can make that up without a whole lot of problem. Now, if it's five million, eh, that's probably another story. But when sometimes you want to look out on these curves and the, uh, you know, and then and the like, even even if you look out on the corn curve, I mean, next year it's going to be down, okay? Because we're going to have a good harvest this year, probably at least as of now. So it'll, it'll mitigate a lot of what's happening. Now, if you lose um, a total Ukraine wheat crop, which you're not going to lose totally. Is that going to cause a disruption in wheat? Yeah, you know. And when wheat's more of a worldwide food grain, and that disruption probably is more than cattle feed corn, correct? I mean, it's, you know, and then, what, you know, what are the chances? I haven't heard anybody talk about what happens if a worldwide, you know, grain goes up by 25% when nobody in the world gets rid I have heard some people talking about that, and the expectation is we are going to see um, a big, big increases in the price of wheat. And that uh, if you think you're not happy now, wait till it bleeds into all of the food supply. Well, but the, the, and, and I, I've, I've actually heard some punditry on TV. I actually, you know, I, ha- I have a little bit. Of last couple of weeks, uh, Kevin, the last couple of weeks, are talking about world. But but for you or me, it, 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 most of America, I mean, the the difference in a, in a loaf of bread, three bucks versus three fifty, doesn't mean you're not eating. Uh, now. It, it's, you certainly could not be eating steak at fifteen a pound versus seven. I mean, there's there's no doubt you might, but I don't I don't know that we're ever that the actual you know cost of 
of uh, surviving, be it potatoes and, and bread and stuff, ever really gets that high here where I, I can't even put a potato in the pot, right? I mean, it, that's, that would be pretty hard to even imagine in this country. But out of place, a lot of places, uh, it's easy to imagine because it's happening, right? Well, but the the problem, of course, isn't specifically any one cost. It's all of them. So, you know, and 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 it's also the you know this and this is where oil comes in. As, as I said earlier, it's a uh, it, it's not just the cost of oil. It's it's the cost of uh, things that have oil content in them. And when you start facing that, then you're saying it's going to bleed into all kinds of other prices. And that's a, that's a problem. That's a huge problem. Well, the uh, uh, take a look at the areas that we we have had on the news many different times. You know, unfortunately, because they're always fighting or doing something. I mean, what do you what do you suppose? I mean, in, in, in the U.S., this this is becoming more and more of a problem. I'm stunned that I hear all kinds of regular people talking about it, and, and it does not get the the same assessment. On, on uh, radio or, or TV, because obviously regular people don't control the radio and TV. And the people who benefit from inflation, they do control radio and TV, right? Pretty much. Uh, and I, but I, but it's not. It's clearly not the same as the Baca Valley, Gaza, Syria, where your where your unemployment rate on males between what twenty and thirty five has got to be pushing what forty percent, thirty five, somewhere in there, and all of a sudden. The, the cost of, of the unemployed 30-year-old male will usually cause most of the problem in the world. I mean, not, I'm not saying a bad way, a good way. I mean, that's where your energy kind of comes from. Um, if all of a sudden the dude's not eating, it's it's a problem, Kevin. I mean, it, I mean, if, if everybody's working, you just say, you know, I, 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 we can't go to the show this week because the, the food bill guy. That's not nice. It's not terrific. It's not good for families. It's not good for the economy. But the bottom line is, you're not starving. You're not. You're not. You're not revolting over it. At least. Not yet, but if you're if you literally can't feed your family and you can't get a job, well, it's it takes on quite a different tone, doesn't it? And we sometimes are oblivious to that tone here because it's not us. Yeah, well, and it's not us. And uh, and even when things get bad, Carl actually, I'll refer to a piece Carl wrote a couple of weeks ago um, that I thought was interesting because he, he was talking about you know you, you talk about the consent of the governed, and it, it, we don't rely on people, you know, uh, 50% plus one consensus, we rely on, you know, 99 or 99.9% consensus in this country. Not consensus on policy, but consensus that the government has the right to implement policy without us trying to uh, revolt or overthrow it. Um, and when that number starts to get to be 1%, 2%, 3%, 5%, something like that, all of a sudden you have enough pissed off people that you really can have real trouble. And that's what you're describing in a lot of other countries, right. um, is that you're going to see that phenomenon, because if 5% of the people can't afford to feed their families, then they are going to be willing to take more drastic measures uh, you know, uh, uh, about what's, what needs to be done. And... You know, I don't know. I don't know if we're if we're going to get to that point in this country, but we will get to that point towards the end of the line. We'll be among the last ones to get there. Well, the Arab, and, the uh, Arab Spring. Last time we had inflation like this, you had the Arab Spring. I, I refuse to believe there's not a correlation. Uh, yeah. Well, there certainly is a correlation. The question is, you're looking for the causation, and it's probably and and it's 
there's a you're probably right that it, uh, uh, that that was a, a big factor in it, and I think we're going to you know we we will see that factor into a lot of things. Just like we started, this is when when they uh, uh, government started to back off of some of the uh, uh, COVID. Uh, restrictions. All right, Kevin, we got to uh, continue this you know, on Friday. Thing. When when we had enough people pushing back, finally they said, "Oh God, we better do, we better back off some." We got to continue this on Friday, bud. Have a good one. Uh, what do you think? What are your chance? What are you feeling tonight? I don't like this Rutgers. They they look pretty sneaky good to me. Uh, I, Rutgers is a a very good defensive team. They don't shoot consistently. Ron Harper's son uh, plays for them. If you remember Ron yeah. Harper from the Bulls, um, and. Uh, um, I, I think it's a it's a toss up game, uh, probably a slight favor for the Irish. So, anyway, yeah, I'll be calling you from beautiful Evanston. I'm, I'm going to our buddy Ray's house to uh, watch games, so I'll be calling in Friday morning from Evanston. Oh, cool. Maybe a little groggy after being up late watching ball games with those guys. All right, take care of yourself. SB futures up fifty seven now, and as if he's up two fifty nine, we're putting the whip to it. Somebody must already know what the Fed's going to say. Be right back. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time to gain for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They're located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body, too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hear ye, hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now. One more place, Tyson Jackson. I'm Tom Alex Eliani on the board. SP Futures up 58 now. Nasdaq Futures up 261. First, we didn't like the market. Now we love the market. We're not sure exactly what the difference was, but uh, sure there's something to do with the Fed. Sure doesn't seem to be that the war is ending, at least not yet. Uh, do we have Mr. Russell? Hey, what's going on? How are you, bud? I'm doing all right. It's uh, IU is on spring break this week. Woo! So you're here. Well, I'm sorry. I'm not there there. I'm here here. 
Well, you're, you're, and you're, I'm, in, I'm in my cozy little home office. Um, so you're in uh, the palatial... I'm in the Chicago area. You're, right you're, you're, yeah. you're in Palace West rather than Palace South. Exactly. <laughs> I like that. I'm just saying. So, yeah, I got to go to Costco. I got the car wash. Yeah, full break. Um, productivity. Productivity, yeah. yeah. I like, I like yeah. to see that. Uh, it, it, my uh, rearranged my sock drawer today. Whoa. Whoa. So do you students? Out of control. Does anybody st- everybody <laughs> still head to Florida? Is that where your gang was going, or do people don't do that anymore? Oh, they do that, yeah. No, well, they don't, you know what, they don't do that. Like, I'm, uh, you know, we're in Belize. <laughs> Belize? <laughs> I only went to Florida once for yeah. spring break, and it was the biggest mistake of my life. <laughs> we, uh, I, so, I, yeah, you know. Panama goes, City Beach. Oh, yeah. oh, I, 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 I didn't even know people went. Away for spring break. I just thought it was a week we got off until I hit college. I only did it once. I was, it was, uh, I went to, um, uh, uh, University of Indianapolis, which is a private school. I got there on scholarship and I was teaching there. I was teaching English as like part of like the scholarship program was that I would teach. So I was teaching English and I was getting my degree. And my students, because they're around my age, were like, hey, we're going to go to Panama City Beach. You want to go? And I was like, uh, I guess something and it's like it's like it's like us like all of us like all 12 of us it was like, it was like 12 or 13 of us were going and it's a, it's a mix of guys and girls and we all became kind of close so I get to the condo that they rented I was like this like this like Airbnb by the beach and it was cold it was like 65 70 mm-hmm. max so it was like freezing so I'm out here prepared for like sunny days and nope and then it turns out that only my male students showed up so I was in a condo full of a bunch of my male students <laughs> By myself, and I was like, I was like, oh hell no! They gave me my own room, like they were fine, like they like nothing happened. They were absolute gentlemen, but I was like, oh no! And then it was cold and it was horrible, and it was and I I make it was yeah, it was no, 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 no. Yeah, no, that that part of Florida can be touch and go that time of year. Yeah, we're driving through like Nashville, and it's like snowing, and I'm like, what the hell is happening? Yeah. How many people did you have a van at least, or did you go like two, three cars? Um, yeah, so it was uh, it was about four cars we took. Um, so and then like you know I had like my little tiny suitcase of whatever, and then actually I had to like go shopping while I was there because I didn't have a, a I didn't know I needed a sweater. I didn't know it was going to be like pretty much like on the border of like just passing a blizzard. And then it was like the hottest it got was seventy, and there's a beach there, and it's cold, and I'm like this is horrible. And then we were, they were doing this like concert by the beach and I was like, oh God. So it's a concert and blah, 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 blah. There's a bunch of girls that were there and I was like, hey, listen, I'm like, I'm here accidentally with a bunch of my male students. Um, we're about the same age and, you know, I don't have any female friends to hang out with. So I ended up hanging out with these girls and then we had issues with these boys and these other boys had to come in. And it was really obnoxious and I was like out of a movie. It was really stupid. And I'm like, never again. It was my only, only like proper spring break and it was absolutely horrible. I got to go to Costco for two hours and I got to try all kinds of samples. I would rather, so much rather. Yeah. Can you bring it on a hot tub? Oh, yeah. God. Oh. Yes. <laughs> we, we went my senior year to Fort, Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. And, uh, of course, we had the, uh, my stepfather let me use his 98 Oldsmobile, which is about two blocks long. We, we had six people in the car going down there. Huh. A long way from here to Fort Lauderdale. And, uh, yeah, and so we, <laughs> you know, we did, we did the usual, went to the, what was it, the elbow something something, and a bunch of guys were streaking on top of the motel roof, and it was, <laughs> you know, it was, it was bad. But, uh, we, we had, we had a killer of this. 
we, uh. we had a guy who knew one of the uh, distributors down there. Okay. So he shows up with, the day we show up in this flea bag motel, uh, <laughs> I think he had, what did we get? We, went, we bought like 40 cases of beer or something mm, to start us gross. out or some huge number. <laughs> and, uh, but everybody else went to the, they all went to the beach. <coughs> With all these, and I'm like, I have no, I had no desire to go to the beach and and, uh, and stand there and be like on a spit all day long. I found a park where they had really good basketball players. So I played some ball in the morning. I went to the racetrack in the afternoon. I had a much better time. Just saying. That's great. I yeah, mine was not. A, it was not. I didn't have to pay for it, which was nice. That's like the only. Nice, it's the only nice thing is I don't have to pay for the trip or the place I stayed in. Nothing. I just had to pay for the clothes I had to buy because it was. So if agony's free, it's okay. <sighs> no, it was still horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and there was this like there was this, there was like this volleyball team from like Montana. So there was like a, like a sea of like six like six foot four and taller, like just dudes like running around. And I was like, what the hell is going on? And so because I'm tall, I'm like I'm I'm five ten, five eleven. So they're like, hey, you're really tall. And I was like, what? And that was like their excuse to talk to me. And then I'm with these girls. And I'm like, ah, we gotta go. And then it turns out that we couldn't even go in the water even if we wanted to because first of all it was freaking freezing. And then there were sharks. <laughs> well, yeah, you don't want to go in the water through sharks. That's not. That was yeah, well, um. <laughs> what does what does Matty Weber tell us, uh, Russell? He, he he doesn't know what's going to happen to him. Nobody does, but he knows for sure he's not going to die from jumping out of an aircraft at his own thought. He's not going to die by a shark unless he's on a ocean liner that sinks. Mm. He, there's just things he's not going to do. <laughs> and I sort of I sort of don't blame him. All right, we got to talk about the market, bud. We got to talk about what. Uh, I, I can't. Well, I can't, let, me, let me start with a question because you, uh, you you gave me like before we you know segued there for a second. Um, you know, you, you as you were going to you said you know who knows what the Fed's going to say or, or whatever. If you knew exactly what the Fed was going to say today, would you bet your whole life on the reaction of the market? Um, if if I knew the entire. If I knew, if you knew exactly what they were saying, you knew the whole statement. That's all you got. No, if I, if I knew yeah. the, the, the future, idea. future chief comes back and says, here, here's the statement, and then disappears. Friday night, if, if I'd have known after the, the bad days last week, the incredible dovish turn we made over the weekend and Monday morning in terms of yeah. it absolutely won't be half point. By the way, the, the talk is going to be very dovish. We're not even going to say we're going to raise at all anymore. We're just going to say we're going to let the... Well, what's what's their term? We're gonna we're gonna be data dependent. If I thought yeah, they were gonna back yeah. up, if I thought they were, I'm just gonna wait and see what happens. Here. If I thought they were gonna get this fully dovish left turn, would I have been a buyer of futures Friday night? I damn well would have been, without without a doubt. Okay. Now, uh, the the thing that is lately the last few days, I uh, you know I don't want you to go out of, on a limb here because I don't want the, the the provost of Indiana coming down on your head. Uh, do, do you smell the absolute biggest rat on, 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 in life on this, these Chinese companies and what we're doing to them here? You mean we're, we're basically kind of getting the boot off our exchanges? But they, they're not doing anything different than they said they were going to do when they started, when I said we should never have let them on. I think we're, we're <laughs> I think there's just a little bit of a regret and let's change the rules going on. All right, so the question is... It, it, it was, there was an awakening that... I, I mean, I guess... And, you know, we talk about this a lot, where you and I are a lot closer to all this than the average Joe. Um, I mean, you know, if a Chinese company was going public on the New York Stock Exchange, I think you and I would look at each other. If, the, 
if somebody said, I wonder if some of that money will get back to the Chinese military, you and I would have looked at each other and spit milk out our nose. Yeah. 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 And, and now all of a sudden we've decided that, that that's a problem. Well, the, Alibaba never was going to have an audit that I could see. Yeah. Uh, you, you were going to get a, an income stream out of Bermuda. There's no doubt that Jack Ma was susceptible to, shall we say, uh, I want, I'll call it discipline by the Chinese government, which in fact happened. Uh, yeah. Has anybody seen him lately? Is he even alive? I think he's probably alive, but. He's alive. He, he's alive. He, he, he disappeared for a while and came back. Uh, but he, he probably did three months in um, Western China making sweaters or something. Um, but my, I guess my question, I'm going to fire one back at you. You asked me if I had the Fed statement, would I, would I have made, made a trade? Um, and I deftly dodged it and said if I had the Fed t- statement and, and all the different commentary and all the stuff that was going to go with it, I'd have been a buyer Friday night. But I'll, t- I'll tell you what, if I had any wind that the SEC was going to come down on these firms, I'd have been shorting them two months ago. And I'm telling you, that that's a stone-cold winner. And i got to believe these people in Congress, this just didn't happen, Russell. The SEC, the SEC that you and I know, didn't come up with this one on their own and say we're going to go, we're going to go after 10, big, 10 or 20 big stocks on the New York Stock Exchange and basically bury them out of existence without massive approval from up, upstairs. And that approval, or nudging in that direction, or nudging in that direction. And if the people, I, as much as people say the current administration is clueless, there, there's got to be somebody in that White House that knows. Whoa, this is a trading event. <laughs> if we're, we're going to kick Baidu out of here, it's going to go from where to go from 380. I mean, I, I'm, I'm on the put train there. I'm just saying. I, you know, this is these are market moving events, and they're but they're happening in real time. It's not like. They walked in four weeks ago when the stock was still higher, or these all these stocks were higher, and with surprise to everybody, we, we 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 slammed down the briefcase on the boardroom table. That's not what happened. It's it's ongoing. People seem to know the day before. Some people seem to know the stock is down the day before the news is written. You know what, Russell? This stuff sucks. I, I you know, the more I see it, the more I don't like it. Oh, oh, totally. I get just absolutely livid. Uh, I probably don't show it as much early in the morning, but I don't like when uh, the financial markets are, are used like that. I just, I actually believe that if we don't have financial markets that we trust uh, that are properly regulated and everything else, that you're not going to have a successful economy. And if the, um, you know, if, the if, if there's suddenly a lack of confidence in the financial markets uh, due to you know, the kind of misbehavior you're talking about right now, uh, that screws it up too. You know, if you don't, if, if you don't trust the markets, you're just not going to trust the overall economy and you're not going to have a successful economy. Well, there's, there's, uh, there's, there's always going to be news. I mean, the, as, as a, as an option genius, you know that the, the whole idea that, uh, uh, the option pricing models assume that, uh, uh, you know, your news comes sort of on a regular basis or something. But we, we know that, that that's wrong just, just by normal. I mean, there's gonna be, there's gonna be a day when the, uh, the board meets. There's gonna be a day when, when people split the stock. There's gonna be a day when yeah. earnings come out. There's gonna be days where the news, there's gonna be companies that get in trouble. There's gonna be, 
companies that don't get in trouble. There's going to be companies that you know win awards. These are not they're not free flowing pieces of news. They're they're discrete acts, right? And each one of them is, is probably tradable. But if you find people, I, I honestly I honestly believe after what you see the people doing in Congress, um, from the lady who's not there anymore who went to the COVID meetings and sold her stuff to the, the rumors of how much Nancy Pelosi's made trading. You know, I don't know if those were true or not, but she's surely made a lot of money when she's there. Uh, you know, the different board, the, the wives and stuff and, and husbands being on boards while somebody else is in. I, I think it's, you know, trading out there has become a, a na- trade ahead of the market's become a national sport. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's, it is very discreet. It's not just, you know, Cheney worried about his, 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 uh, his Halliburton because, uh, uh, you know, Kellogg Brown and Root just happened to land there and they're doing it, doing the stuff with the, uh, asbestos. I mean, it's not that, I think it's, 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 it's gotten so widespread, it's scary. And I, you know, and, I, and every single time you have this pause where somebody doesn't say, you know, we have a problem with this firm, they're not putting out the right, they're not, they're not paying attention to the New York Stock Exchange rules, the SEC rules, and we're gonna go at them. I, I really don't have a problem with that, but if you run that up the chain, and people up there are traded before they, they say yes right. on the way down. You know, I, this, this is this is thievery, and I you know, I don't. Uh, but it's becoming very commonplace. I, I honestly believe it is, Russell. And I don't know what to do about it. Nothing, I guess. Yeah, I I used to I actually used to defend the that Congress was not beholden to the same sort of uh, insider trading rules as the rest of us, because I I could understand that. In just about every case where somebody in Congress does the trade, you probably can trace back that there are people in Congress that know inside information about whatever those, you know, whatever might have prompted that trade. And I felt like that, so, and, and they, did have, they do have to disclose everything they do. So there's constant disclosure. So I was kind of okay with that. But when you start finding from the disclosures that it's being abused and not not just by like one or two bad actors, but it seems to be more and more and more consistent with respect to um, a number of people in Congress taking advantage, not out of them. Uh, and part of me thinks, because it, to, to make it into Congress, you don't necessarily have to be the sharpest tool in the shed. Uh, no. You just, you got, you know, I mean, being elected and, and doing the job are two completely different things. Um, you know, a little popularity contest doesn't mean you're gonna be good at your job. Um, so, as I, as uh, the moderator of the show once said, the the skill set to win the election is not the same as the skill set to govern in in, exactly. the, in, this, in this day and age, and that 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 widening spread there. I mean, you know, Trump had this, this, the skill set to get elected, said the right yeah. things to the right people. He had, he had, as far as I'm concerned, the man had zero ability to govern. He, didn't, didn't read a report, didn't read a book, didn't, had no interest in, in, in actually governing the place other than, other than being on TV every day. I mean, he, he clearly... And, and I, I never felt like if you worked, I felt like if you worked for Trump, you really had no discretion to do anything at all. No. And when you, and I've been, I've been in a job like that before where it just, you know, you're being micromanaged all the time or you're just being ignored. And I think if you, when you work with somebody like that, eventually you just kind of throw your hands up and say, to heck with it, I'm not even, <laughs> not even trying anymore. Yeah. I, uh, you know? I have a, an interesting question for you. We have, we have a few minutes for a break. Um, the same question was asked, axed, as they say in the South Side, uh, 
if you'd had him for class, I don't know if you've read any of his stuff, by far my favorite professor was George Stigler. In fact, I took two classes from him. I think I only took one from Milton Friedman, but he was a political economist, and he was a mm-hmm. he ended up winning, winning a Nobel Prize. I forget which work it was, though, uh, Russell. I don't know if you remember or not, but he. Uh, by the way, that that is, he was the Charles R. Walgreen professor. For those of you that don't know how some of this works, I don't work anymore. There's no interest rate, but in those days, you could endow a professorship instead of saying. I'm going to write a check out for a half a million dollars to the uh, University of Chicago or the economics department. You could say, I'm going to give you, back when interest rates were 10%, I'm going to give you half a million bucks, well, you know, if I had it, and I want to endow a professorship. I want to, I want to do the, the Russell Rhodes professorship as a way of, of uh, we're always going to remember Russell Rhodes. Uh, I mean, he's a good guy, always helped me with the show, and one day... Russell and Chief aren't going to be here, but what, one of the last things I want to do is make sure Russell has an endowed professorship at Indiana. I could I could do that. Well, so, but there was a guy, Charles R. Walgreen. I don't I don't think it was the same Walgreen from Walgreens, but I'm not sure about that. Uh, so George Stigler had that spot. Of course, in those days, those guys made like fifty grand. So if you gave half a million bucks and the interest rate was ten percent, presto, there's your fifty grand, right? So the school never had mm-hmm. to pay, pay any of the stuff. So he was won a Nobel Prize, and since he's died, two other guys have been in that, Charles R. Walgreen, that have won the Nobel Prize. So there's three Nobel Prizes on one guy's endowed professorship. I don't know whenever that's going to be exceeded, uh, Russell. That, 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 that is spectacular, isn't it? It is. No, it absolutely is. Anyway, so one day... In classes, now we're, we're talking about Chicago. Now, remember, these guys are making forty-five, fifty grand, or whatever the hell they were making as professors in those days. So we're talking nineteen seventy-five. Uh, somebody said, "Is there a way to stop corruption in in government?" And he says, "Absolutely, if you want to pay for it." And the guy says, "What are you talking about?" He says, "We'll take your alderman, for instance, because they get paid nothing. They make it. They're making like ten grand in those days." They make it a part-time job so they can do other stuff because they know ten grand is not enough. And oh, by the way, we're only going to pay him ten grand because we know he's stealing, and, and we're and we're we're okay with him stealing like a little bit. You know, there, there's 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 some there's a level of corruption we're willing to put up with, and so he gets a little bit from being a little bit corrupt. He gets a little bit for for being a, a an alderman. And oh, by the way, he gets to be a, a lawyer like Eddie Verdoliak and represent people against the city. <laughs> you know, which is somewhat bizarre, but they, that's what they do. They're, they're lobbyists, they're something, they could be lawyers. Um, he said, all you have to do is pay these people a million bucks. And, which, you know, was a lot of money in those days. He said, but not just pay them a million bucks. Every year they get a salary of 100000 and the other 900 goes in escrow. And as, for the rest of their life, the, the uh, 900000 continues to build up, and you start paying them after 10 years, you know, maybe another 150. And uh, the idea is if they're ever caught doing anything, they forfeit the entire trust. Because I guarantee you, you're going to have, you're going to have honest people in here because the, the, the cost of being a crook is just too high. But now, the, the, the players we're talking about, the, uh, well, I won't use Nancy Pelosi because I'm not positive on her, but 
the lady who was the uh, the senator, the the appointed senator, was she Georgia or South Carolina? That's married to the head Georgia. of the, uh, She's married uh, to the head of the ICE, right? I thought she was the head of the ICE. No, her husband is. She could be the head of the ICE, okay. being a senator. Uh, those things are not. Uh, no, I thought I thought that's what she did, and then she gave that. I thought I, no, I no. thought she was the big wig, not her husband. No, I think the hubby's it. I, I, I we'll look it up, but I uh, I think it was him. He because he, he he retained the job while she was a senator, or maybe he got the job. Cause she, I, I don't know, but anyway, he was the. But the point being is, a million dollars isn't enough for her. Tay Johnson. Uh, the guy's that's the husband's name. Mm-hmm. And he's the head of the ICE. Yeah. Since January 13th, 2021. Uh, I'm not so sure he was... Who was the one before him? The mm-hmm. lady's name is Loeffler, right? Isn't that her name, Russell? Um, anyway, I'm, she was the richest lady in Congress. So for her to come uh, to a COVID meeting and sell a lot of her stocks because they thought they were going down because of COVID, how bad it was, I don't even think a million dollars defers these people. They've got so much dough, you can't pay them enough to, to make them straight. Yeah. Right. So I mean, what I'm saying the world is changing. I think you could clearly have done that with a Chicago alderman, a mayor. I don't know if you could do that with Pritzker. I mean, I'm not saying he's crooked. I don't think he is actually. Uh, I mean, but I, I don't think a million dollars uh, defers him. Do you? I mean, we've gotten we've gotten where these people got so they have much money that even even if you if you pay an alderman, you know, a million bucks in escrow, he might be able to do better than that as a lobbyist or as a as a lawyer against the city. Mm-hmm. It's not even. You know, it's not even. A, I mean, how much do you have to pay these people to be non-corruptible now when they have so much of their own, Russell? I, mean, I, I can't even pick a number. Can you? No, no, no. I, I, for, I think for people like that, there's never enough. And I would like to. Uh, I would like you to know that we are both correct. Uh, Senator Rappler, she was the CEO of Bach, which was um, a subsidiary of the ICE, and her okay. husband was CEO of the ICE. Okay. So she was a big wig as well. Jeffrey Sprecher, Sprecher? Yeah. Okay. And Kelly Ann Laughlin. Yeah. Yeah, they both were a high up exec. I guess they didn't have one of those rules where uh, you couldn't be married to somebody else that you work with there. Mm. Um, yeah. And, and she, she was a DePaul girl. Really? Hey, my sister's yeah. a DePaul girl. Yeah, so, they're in DePaul. Remember uh, Kathy Durbin used to help out with the show? She still uh, contacts uh-huh. us from time to time. Kathy's a great lady. Uh, and uh, I sent that thing out about uh, what's his name, uh, the Clarence Thomas's wife, and she she writes back. She goes, "Here's the solution, Chief. When you become a senator or, or, or a rep, you got to disown your whole family and all your money for the whole time you're in there." <laughs> she goes, "That way, you don't even know what your family's doing. You don't know what your money's doing. It's the only it's the only way we're going to get our way out of this." <laughs> I think a lot of people would take that deal. You have to disown your family for six years. You think? Um, I, mean, I people just do that. Really do that. <laughs> I, I would personally not do that. I Horrible. Think, you know, they they left too many on the drive into the school. No, they they may. Uh, you wouldn't do that. Even the, you you wouldn't give up the dog. I know. I wouldn't. Do you wouldn't. That. Give, you wouldn't give up the dog anyway. No. No. Never the dog. By the way, is the dog? No. Ever <laughs> Have you ever mm-hmm. thought of taking the dog with you to Indiana? Um. Yes, but beetles have a tendency to howl when they are upset. And when I'm down at IU, I'm I'm probably in my office 15 hours a day, and oh, I, right. I I don't think the dog would really like the apartment. Nor would the people in the apartment complex enjoy that either. Uh, so. No, 
Well, I did uh, read. Uh, just uh, not, not, a, not a dog show. I did read. If you get a a basset hound and you're and you're away a lot, you better get two basset hounds because then then they're okay. But if it's one, he just howls all day because you're not there. That is another thing. So, you know, do you know about Cal? Man, we're on a weird tangent today. Yeah, I don't know. We're, we're piling everybody back to the pack. And you're and you're the pack. I'm the pack, man. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Anywho, well, uh, God. Um, so I, <laughs> we, you know what? Everything everything depends on something else. I mean, you know, you got to be comfortable. Well, no, well, we just and this has been the most random. 30 minutes I've ever spent with you. So let's go to South Carolina today. Um, what would you do if you were the Fed? That's the... I, 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 and the thing is, I would, if I were the Fed, I think the luckiest person in America is the person that um, that took her name out of contention for the Fed yesterday. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't... Somewhere along the line, uh, Russell, other than you and me talking about it on Wednesday, uh, somebody has to look in the mirror and say, a neutral rate is like three percent. We're at we're at what are we, what are we at point two five? We're at zero to point two five, and the the derivatives have us do have us getting all the way up to about somewhere between a percent and a half and two percent by the end of the year, which is getting us close to normalcy. Well, it's getting us close to neutrality, but it's but not that, but close. I would say, you know, the the lower the normalcy. Should be something with a two handle. Well, when when somebody young, good looking, male, female would have would have would advanced degree, or I, I don't think they would have a, a position in CNBC or Fox Business or something. When somebody says you're going to fight inflation by raising it to a half a point, are they lying? Are they ignorant? They didn't go to class. Out of the th- or okay. So uh, that's what it comes down. And if you if you look at the um, if, you, if you look at the FedWatch odds um, right now, <clears throat> they've got a better than fifty percent chance that we're going to get fifty basis points in early May. Well, I you so that's the market. That's not that's the market. That's not the talking heads. And and the market is indicating that they need to do more than they you know than they're planning on doing. Well, let's head off the break, bud. SB Futures yeah. up 55, Nasdaq Futures up 246. Right back, you're going you're gonna to explain to me all this stuff in this PPI report that I can't figure out, Russell, because uh, you're the professor. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howe, the Chief. 
We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, North Bay Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Howell. She's Eliani on the board. SP Futures up 50. Hey, we're back. We're down from 55, but we've been up here pretty much the whole day. NASDAQ Futures up 222. Before we went to break, they were 250, so... Uh, this, a lot of stuff happens on break. Uh, Dow futures up 395 over in Asia. Big rally here after a couple of really horrendous days, especially in the Hang Seng. Uh, Nikkei up 415, 1.6%. Shanghai up 106, 3.5. Hang Seng up 1,672. But let me, let me take a quick look at this one for everybody while I, uh, cause this one is the one that's been like all over a dub place. Uh, the, I've got, these guys are back up to, 2087, they were down to 1900. They started, they were in, let's just say in June, they were 28,000, over 28,840. So we're still down, uh, 8,000 points, so that's, you know, pushing 30%. They were down under 2,000, which was like a real lot. That was a third. So they bounced back, but, uh, it's a, it's a dead cat bounce at this point, even though it's a pretty good one at that, but that number. Um, as a way of review, Yesterday we had the Dow was up 599, S&P up 89, Nasdaq up 367. So it looks like a second day to the upside. Although we have 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 had days where, when the Fed's announcement and, and subsequent news conference, we've turned around. I'm not predicting that, but that has happened. So volatility in the options today is real high because today promises to be a day where we're all over the place. Uh, oil up 50 cents, 96.94. Brent up seven cents, 99.98. Just barely under the hundred hour number. Natural gas up nine cents four sixty six, Arbub up two cents three oh two, uh, gold down eleven bucks nineteen eighty eighteen. This is way it's come flying back from over two thousand, like really fast. Silver down eleven cents twenty five oh four, copper up a dime four sixty one, and we've got Bitcoin now up seven eighty forty thousand four eighty. Eliani, what you got for us? Travis Weather Sports. 
Thanks, Chief. Good morning, everyone. Currently 7.35 a.m. on March 16th. Let's start with sports. In the NBA last night, Suns beat Pelicans 131-115. Suns will be playing the Rockets tonight at 7 o'clock, and Bulls will be playing Jazz tonight at 8 o'clock. In hockey, last night, Coyotes beat Canadians 6-3, and Blackhawks lose to Bruins 1-2. Looking at weather in Chicago this morning, the temperature rose quite a bit. The sun finally came out, too. Currently 61 with a high of... I'm sorry. I'm looking at Phoenix weather. I'm so sorry about that. In Chicago, currently 46 (laughs) with a high of 65 and a low of 46. And Phoenix is partly cloudy. Eventually, will be fully sunny with a high of 85 and a low of 58. Kind of mayhem on the roads this morning in the city. In Chicago, we have traffic eastbound on the Eisenhower between the 88 East Ramp all the way to downtown approaching the construction intersect, uh, the 290-94 construction intersect, rather. Uh, We have traffic westbound on the Eisenhower between Independence and 9th. Uh, traffic on 294 North between the 290 connector and Highway 34. Uh, we have traffic eastbound on the Kennedy Expressway between Lee Street and Lawrence. Traffic westbound on the Kennedy Expressway between Lawrence and West Higgins. Absolute mayhem on the Edens. Traffic eastbound on the Edens between Tui and Canalport. Traffic westbound Edens between 130th and Dempster being caused partially by two accidents on both shoulders at Lincoln Avenue and another three-car collision at Peterson Avenue. We have traffic northbound on the Stevenson between Route 45 and the 94 East Ramp. Traffic northbound on Lakeshore between East 31st and East Grand and traffic southbound on Lakeshore between Chicago Avenue and East 18th. My God. (laughs) Back to you, Chief. uh, Yeah, you know what I just did here, Russell, which I never should have done? I uh, I actually went back to the history of federal funds rates in the early 70s. God, this is scary. Uh, the um, what, what year do you want me to start <laughs> and how these things are moving around? Well, this thing starts in uh, 1971, all right? So the Fed funds rate was three po- 4.25, and we're having an expansion. February 9th, Federal Reserve lowers it to 375, no notable event. By March, they're back up to 5%. So 4.25, 3.7 to 5. Inflation is at 4.7% year over year. What are we now? We're uh, 8 year over year? 8 8.5 or something. And now their federal funds rate then was 5. We're at what? 0.25? In July, it went to uh, 5.5. Nixon shock weakened the gold standard and the tariffs, so it was a federal government issue. then in August, 5.75% with wage price controls. Right? And anybody thinks that Jimmy Carter caused inflation, I, I, you're, you're rewriting history based on your conservative thoughts because this is all going on long before anybody heard of Jimmy Carter, right? Uh, then they lowered the rate on October 19th to 5.25. These are half a point moves. November went down to 5. Now the next year, we're talking uh, 1972, for those who were around, GDP was 5.3%. I don't know if that was adjusted for inflation, Russell. Unemployment was 5.2, inflation was 3.2. So 1973, very quiet year, 5.5, 5.75. 1973, however, we're talking massive mayhem. This is unbelievable. January, the rate was 6%, but the event was stagflation. February, 6.5. March, 7. Uh, April, 7.25. May, 7.5. June, 8.5. Uh, July ten and a quarter, August eleven. So, uh, in- inflation is six point two percent, and they went from six percent to eleven and a quarter in eight months. And here, our guys have inflation that essentially double that, and they're planning on going from 
what, 0.5% to 1.75? Do does this make you feel? Does this make you feel queasy? Oh, very much so. <laughs> queasy is a very polite word for that. But yeah, we're, there's a, a massive disconnect. You know, my, I, last week I had to teach in my MBA class. I had to explain how inflation is supposed to have, have a um, have the big, the biggest the biggest impact on interest rates is inflation expectations. And I looked at the class and I said. And uh, inflation expectation, you know, if inflation's around 8%, we're expecting maybe short-term rates to get it two at the most this year. Uh, does that mean, is, is that good or bad for your real purchasing power? And it's beyond bad. It's awful. It's absolutely awful. And it's because we used all of our bullets to react to the stock market being down 2% a single day every once in a while. Use them at the wrong time for the wrong reason. Yeah, I, uh, what did you mean? I mean that, this, is, this is the thing. It, it, this is what drives me absolutely bonkers about the Fed. And politics aside, why I was really happy to see that the, the, the and I cannot remember her name, but the woman who was, uh, who pulled her nomination yesterday. She's a big advocate for the Fed to, uh, you know, my understanding, and I didn't, exp- you know, didn't dig into her that much, but my understanding is, She's like a big proponent of the Fed taking action to help combat global warming. That's not the Fed's job. How did, how did, you ever how, heard how, me this fired up before? How did, how did the, they, the Fed's job is two things. All right, well, it's many people working without causing too much darn inflation. All right, so and all this other crap they're not supposed to be doing. But let's say, for instance, Russell, you and I get a, a hair up our respective behinds, and we say we're going to make. That the Fed's job. How exactly could the could the Fed do anything to impact global warming? It's like it's like it's like you know telling me to impact the amount of rain that's going to fall. Well, how exactly do I do that? I don't know. I don't. But you know what? I don't want her in there to find out. Well, yeah, because that's not their job. That's like you remember the. Here's my best. This may be my best off the top of my head analogy ever. Remember a uh, RoboCop where, <clears throat> you know, he had like, initially he had like two or three things. He was supposed to arrest people, but he wasn't supposed to, um, you know, do any harm or anything. And then, like by RoboCop 3, they'd given him about a hundred different directives that all started conflicting with each other, and he couldn't do anything, and his RoboCop brain blew up. Well, if you do that with the Fed, if you start saying, you guys got to take care, you know, your a mandate was to take care of these two things, inflation and <clears throat> employment, and try to balance them as much as possible. You start throwing a bunch of other things in there, like make sure the stock market doesn't ever have a correction, um, and make sure you give Congress a heads up if you're going to do something unusual so they can trade ahead of it. But if you start giving them too many mandates, they're going to be just completely dysfunctional. Well, if I, uh, I, I think they're all... Sort of in the same. God, we had a, we had a. He's still alive, by the way. Our, our high school gym teacher and basketball coach. He used to say, uh, "There's only uh, one rule. Rule number one is to obey all the other rules." So that was. I think the Fed's mandate. What's going to? What do we? What do we? The world need to do to combat global warming. Now, there's you can have all kinds of fights about the pace of it, but basically, you you want to make sure. Over the next hundred years or fifty or whatever it is, that 
as as every year ticks by, your energy needs and so forth are a little cleaner, a little better. You're polluting a little less. Uh, that somebody, if if there's a nasty ass coal plant somewhere in China or wherever it is, that over the next twenty years you can have the financing to build something newer and better and less destructive, right? And you, in order to do that, you need a, an economy that allows for people to have enough wealth to be able to finance thing, something like that at a reasonable rate so they can get paid, so the people over there can, can return the interest or, or the financing to the people who lend them the money. There's all kind. I mean, you're, I don't have to tell you this, you're a professor. There, this, there's a huge circle that needs to keep turning where this person gets paid, that person gets paid, and we have, we have reasonable rates for finance, we have reasonable chance of people getting paid back on what they invest. All this stuff has to happen, Russell. And the Fed is is clearly a massive part of that, not just in terms of rates, but in terms of ease, ease of, pay, of payment mechanisms, that you don't have a risk of a, a stupid default because, you know, the the the, the one... Uh, uh, settles at nine in the morning, and something else, you know, settles at eleven. And one day there's a huge problem at ten o'clock, and the whole world blows up financially. It, the Fed actually does an amazingly good job at working toward those ends, but it's it's not the same as as, as them, you know, coming up with the the, the the calculus for the new plant or or demanding that somebody. You know, what I'm saying if they do their job right, they are helping global warming. Am I right? Yeah, as long as if you've got a fully functioning economy, and I guess this goes back to before the break where I was fired up about, you know, the misuse of the financial markets. Uh, if you've got a well fun, if you've got well functioning financial markets and there's economic incentives to solve these problems, which I do think there are economic incentives to solve these problems, uh, all of that should work together to, you know, Provide a platform for these pro- for the the solutions to come about. You know that's the whole idea behind a market economy. Right. Uh, that you know if there's if there's a need and you think you can can uh, you know if, if there's a need or even if there's not a need if you think you can create a need and then create demand for that need uh, you can do very very well financially and that's your motivation. You know. Um, I think if the Fed does their job right and keeps as many people working as possible and makes sure that our, our economy doesn't, you know, falter tremendously because of hyperinflation, which usually seems to be a big precursor to a lot of problems um, for, for societies that have collapsed uh, or countries that have collapsed. Even though toward the end of the Roman Empire, they had hyperinflation, believe it or not. Well, it started which is kind, of, kind of scary. But it's always um, it's always Russell, the, the 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 first part of it, and this was Milton Friedman's biggest warning in a couple of his books and in class one day he told us his biggest warning is the the first piece of inflation feels so good it's like the first couple beers, and, you know. But but then it just keeps growing. It's always and right now we can't get enough of it. I mean the uh, I mean one of the big, biggest examples. I'm not expecting everybody to go back and read about it, but the Romans, uh, the Roman coin. What was it? A denar? Denari? Was it a denarius? Whatever the hell it was. I don't really. And it had enough. Had a, a, a hunk of silver in there, not a hunk. It was some in there that basically was the equivalent of a day's work back in you know 150 BC or something. Well, as time went by, 
they started making more and more of these coins with a little less silver, hence inflation, right? And uh, now it got to the point where everybody's got a few more, and we're not we're not going to be in the army anymore. We're going to pay those guys in the provinces to be our army guys because we really don't want to get killed or our kids get killed. So now we're start we make we make a few more coins because these idiots aren't going to know the difference whether how much silver is in there. <laughs> so we pay that to these other guys that are fighting our battles for us over the next. It's 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 a it's an instant problem phenomenon that usually takes ten or twenty years to create because the early the early vestiges of it are, are, are greeted with cheers. Really, right? Hey, my price of house is going up. I'm getting you know that type of thing. And and in fact, probably a little bit is okay, but but you can't hang with the little. That's the problem. Nobody ever been, nobody's been able to, right? I mean, yeah. It's a, and, and as you pointed out, uh, when you were running through some of those numbers. Uh, once inflation gets going in a certain direction, it doesn't. It doesn't just. It, it's not like markets that have V tops or V bottom. You know, it, it tends to. Tra- it takes a while to turn that big ship. And if you and I think if you look at some of the um, futures markets, it looks like they think that ship's going to get turned probably mid year this year. And I have a real hard time thinking that we go back to normal inflation numbers by the end of this year. Uh, it'll be a phenomenon never before seen in history. Exactly. And it has nothing to do with... It, I shouldn't say nothing. It, ha, it, it doesn't have a whole lot to do with what's going on in Ukraine. No. That's, another, that's another one that drives me absolutely bonkers. Um, that you know all of this... It, that, that the automatic finger point is to... Something that, that kind of came on the heels of the trend of inflation already already taken off. Here's what I don't what I don't uh, the logic of it that I have I have problems with people not not sort of getting Russell and uh, boy I don't want to talk in front of your class like this you'd throw me out. Every, I think if you if I were to say to everybody you know yeah you know what a stock dividend is yeah yeah well so I mean a, a stock split yeah I know what a stock split is well what happens well if you split a two for one which is essentially a 100% stock dividend, right, a split. You ever read two shares where they used to have one? Well, I've got, what do I have here? i got IBM. Pre-market here is up, uh, where are we? We're, we're up uh, $0.68 cents to 126.32. I think everybody would know that if, if every share you brought in of, a, of a IBM, I gave you two shares, that tomorrow morning... Not that things can't fluctuate, everything can trade. By and large, the price is going to be $63, right? And I've got twice as many shares, so I'm, I'm whole. Right? You still got the same dollar amount that yeah. you had before. And, and everybody knows that that's, that's how that would work. And I think even in a, in a, in a an adult class, you know, because some adults maybe don't think as quickly as some of your younger guys, if I were to say, if everybody, well, tomorrow, if you got $100 in your pocket, I'm going to come from outer space. You're going to have 200 hours instead of 100. Okay, uh, I think most people would say, "Now, if, what if you chief owed old Russell 20 bucks?" Even I, as much as I would like to have it not be, I'm going to say, "Gee, I probably owe him 40 bucks, right?" Because all of a sudden now it's just like a stock split, but every dollar is worth half as much because now I've got twice as many. All right, so I, I think most people. Even though you don't think of your dollar as a as a good, it is, which is one of the hardest things to learn in the economic system. Especially, you've had a dollar that's been so stable, like our dollar, 
you don't think that the dollar fluctuates, you think everything else does. That, that's, that's the wrong, that's the wrong answer on your paper, professor, right? Because the dollar can mm-hmm. fluctuate. But if you say to the same people, what if I increase the money supply this year by 20% and not double it? Well, that shouldn't make any difference. Well, yeah, it does. Why, why, why does the formula stop only because it's 20% instead of 100%, right? It's the same formula. So now you have 20%, but two things are different, Russell. Not everybody gets it, the extra money in their pocket, because if everybody did, it wouldn't make any difference. The beauty about inflation is there's winners and losers. And the people doing the inflation, meaning the Fed, know who the winners and losers are, and they pick them. And that's the part that aggravates the piss out of me. I mean, I, we, we know, I went through it before, I know who the winners and losers are. Back then, if you didn't have, if you had cash, if you had wealth, you put your money in the bank, you weren't a loser. Now, anybody with a cash balance is a massive loser. Right? Mm-hmm. And, which wasn't the, wasn't the case last time. Now, the, the, the idea is, well, you, you know, you gotta put it in the market. The market goes up all the time. Well, the market hasn't gone up for the last two months, has it? So if you get my, 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 my kettle goes to the bank and they're gonna give them nothing with inflation rate at 10, you say, well, hey, you're only, your only, uh, alternative is to put it in, uh, you know, Alibaba, you know, the same day the government comes down on Alibaba, what exactly are you doing to mine pot kettle other than like nailing with a, with a, with a knife slash every 30 seconds? Right? I mean, what? The, oh, yeah, you're, you're basically cutting away at, at their real purchasing power. You know, if you, if you live on a, uh, you know, if you're on a budget, you're kind of doing the same. And this is sort of how my family was. You lived, they were living on a budget. They did all the exact same stuff every year. Went to the exact same place, the exact same week for vacation. Um, and over time, you couldn't do as much stuff as, as you're kind of used to because inflation is uh, above your salary increase pace. Uh, you know, you, you, you start to notice that. I don't know, you know, it, it, it starts to pick up. Well, we, you know, you, you went to summer camp last summer. You don't get to go to summer camp this summer. Uh, well, you know, why not? Well, it costs more now, and we can't afford that. Things like that. That, that starts happening to people. Well, yeah. And the, the it totally starts happening to people. And, but it, it, it takes getting to that point for them to really recognize it. You know, a couple of months of falling short because you, because it costs twice as much to fill up your tank as it used to. Uh, you know, you, you left the credit card inflate a little bit, but eventually, uh, it catches up with you in a very, very bad way. Well, you, you didn't have a chance to, uh, uh, listen yesterday, I don't think. You probably were professoring. Uh, uh I, was, um, I was at Costco for spring break. Well, we had, uh, Nancy and, uh, and, uh, Audrey ran. Audrey, uh, my significant other, does real estate and, you know, she's on a trading floor. Very bright lady. And her friend Nancy, who I'm amazingly impressed with, uh, Russell, she was, she's a, in the mortgage industry and everybody mm-hmm. she's worked with just says, I, I've never worked with anybody like her. I mean, she's, she's a bulldog. I mean, if she, if she wants to get somebody a mortgage, she'll, she'll find one. I mean, she'll admit, but she was saying some stuff yesterday that I never even, she said, it, it's amazing how, uh, well, two things. I mean, I don't know as much time that it, one, I find stone cold ignorant. Uh, I'm going to say if somebody is making, you know, whatever, if, you're, you're working working for Indiana. I gotta believe you got a nice hospital policy that they're paying for, without 
being any of my business. That's my suspicion, okay? And at PTI, even though we wrote the checks, everybody here had a Cadillac policy, right? And uh, oh. uh, so what I'm saying, I, I can't believe that when somebody goes to get a mortgage, that one of the first questions that they ask, if you want, I'm making 60 grand. The first first question out of my mouth would be, are you paying your own health insurance? Because that's basically a mortgage, right? Yeah. And and she goes, they, they never ask that question. They're not allowed to. And I'm thinking, that is the single biggest difference. Because <laughs> one person who's making 60 grand who's paying his own health insurance, I'm thinking the guy's in total poverty. If, if the company's mm-hmm. paying it for him, he's probably okay. Uh, there's a huge difference, especially as anyway. But the other thing is, she said when she first started the business, people had credit card debt, you know, two, three, four thousand bucks. They went on if they bought some furniture or something. She goes, now it's routine to have people with twenty five, thirty thousand dollars in credit card debt. You can't tell me people are living okay. There's got to be somebody who runs that up on on clothes or on bass boats or something. I mean, there's got to be male and female that have just no concept of budgeting. But I'm going to say. I hope the majority of people who have that kind of number on there have that for a reason. They're either either remodeling a home that they're going to sell, or gonna, or, or there was a, was a emergency room visit that they didn't expect, hence the name emergency room. I can't believe that people are just wandering around happy happy as a clam with thirty forty thousand dollars credit card debt. Which I don't is, think they're happy as a clam about it, but I think um, I, I, I think it's it's unfortunate. Uh, I think people are living off of them. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> and it, it's not, it, it's not, you know, like you say, it's not spending four grand at Home Depot to fix the house up to resell it, and you're planning on recouping that. I, I don't think that's it. No, I don't, I don't think that's it either, right? I was really yeah. surprised, but, I mean, but nobody knows, you know, I mean, she's not never going to give you a name of anybody, but nobody knows more of how, how people are doing in this world than, than she does. And you know who else <laughs> was funny, uh, my, my current suburban, uh, I bought up in Grand Rapids, and I had never thought of this. I mean, whenever somebody says, if you find out where the best places to eat, it's always the policemen and the, and the truckers or somebody to know over the salesman. Yeah. Well, I went up to the guy was not not normally open on a Saturday, but I had to go pick my truck up because all Saturday I knew because we had talked, we become sort of buddies. You're, my buddies, my used car guy, right? Uh, oh. So I go up and we, I bring in a couple of cups of coffee, and we you know we sign up to Suburban and all this stuff, and I give him the check. And we sit there, Russell, I must have talked to the guy for two hours. If ever there was anybody that had his finger on the pulse of the area around him and who, who was doing well and who wasn't and why, the guy could have gone on national TV for two hours. He's talking about how people, because I had just driven through the neighborhood, and I noticed mm-hmm. everybody's houses were clean. I noticed the roofs looked a little shoddy. You know, we're like like people were behind in major maintenance but still were cutting the grass and everything. He goes, yeah, the area, he goes, we used to make 30 bucks an hour in the furniture plants. First, everybody got laid off, which was really a mess. He says, but now most everybody's back to having a job, but the job's now at 18 or 20. So you're seeing, before I even mentioned, he goes, you're seeing deferred major maintenance on homes. You're seeing not as many new cars. Mm-hmm. It's, it was actually good business for me. Because people used to buy new, new cars and now buying. I got an amazing education of the economy in Grand Rapids from this guy to the point where I almost said, I'll stay here all afternoon, I'll get some beer. I mean, it was, I mean, it's amazing what you can, what you find out if you talk to people that are, that are close to it and have their eyes open. Just saying. 
Oh, no, I mean, and, and, and we're, we're running out of time, and yeah. now I want to I talk more about the Ascar guy, but yeah, they, I, I, I'm really close to a guy in Memphis who does the exact same thing, and he, he's got an off, he's got really nice insight into, especially because it's the used car space, into people who are living on budgets and how they're living. Yeah, um. Russell, I, I enjoyed it as usual. Like to see mm-hmm. your home. Uh, enjoy yourself. Enjoy the family. You were supposed to be in oh, here yeah. today, but next time break, you got to promise to come in. But I want to see your. I new, will do my best. I, I want to see your it. new pipe. I want to see the new cardigan. Oh, I got tons. Oh, oh my goodness! All right, take care you of yourself. Your new cardigan. S and P futures only up forty two. We were up fifty six. Nasdaq futures under two hundred now, but still up one ninety eight. That's a good move after yesterday's big move. Back tomorrow, stocks and jacks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. Hey, I don't want your money touching my money.